This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello, it's Jeremy Myers, your teacher for the One Verse Podcast. Have you ever had someone tell you, I have childlike faith, or I have faith like a child, and so I don't like it when people ask questions about my faith. I don't like it when people challenge what I believe. I just believe the Bible, and so I don't need to know what I believe or even why I believe it. You don't always hear those sorts of things from people who think they have childlike faith, but in this podcast episode, we are going to address the question on what is childlike faith? All right, and we are going to specifically look at Matthew 18.3. This is the One Verse Podcast, after all. And we're going to see what we can learn about faith like a child or childlike faith from Jesus uh, when he seems to mention something similar there in Matthew 18.3. All right, now, uh, before we get to that, I just wanted to let you know that my new book on faith is out this week as well in paperback and Kindle editions. It's also available on Apple iTunes. Uh, Google Bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, pretty much everywhere books are sold. And uh, it, right now, as I'm talking this, I just checked it five minutes ago on Amazon. It is number one in uh, its category of Christian discipleship right now, so that's pretty exciting. Also, pretty exciting related to this is the number one Christian radio station in Detroit uh, has asked me to come uh, uh, talk about the book. They're going to interview me, discuss the book with me next Tuesday on January 29th. It's going to be the uh, Bob Dutko Show, if you've ever heard of that or if you live in the Detroit area. And you can listen live. It will be on, let's see, WMUZ. That's the radio station, WMUZ.com. That will be next Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. All right, the Bob Dutko Show. All right, uh, again, number one Christian radio station in Detroit. I'm pretty excited about that to talk about my book and uh, be interviewed and, and uh, just hopefully give a logical, biblical explanation to people about uh, how they can know that they believe, right? Lots of people know they're supposed to believe, but lots of people also struggle with whether or not they have actually believed, you know, whether they have head faith instead of heart faith, or maybe they have temporary faith, spurious faith, a false faith, right? I don't know if you've ever heard pastors and teachers talk about those things, uh, but that's what I address in my book. Not only know how you can know that you believe, but how you can know that you really believe. And that's what address is addressed in the book. You can get your copy pretty much anywhere books are sold. The topic I discussed today about childlike faith uh, is part of the book. It is found in the book. And so if you are interested about what I'm talking about and related concepts and verses, then you can just go to Amazon and get your copy of the book as well. Okay, so with that in mind, let's dive into our study about childlike faith. So some Christians say that they don't need reasons or explanations for what they believe because they have faith like a child or childlike faith. And uh, when they say this, you know, they, they mean a variety of different things. Some mean that they don't like to ask questions about their faith. Or maybe they mean they don't like others to ask questions about their faith, to challenge them on what they believe, uh, about whether or not it's really true. 
And uh, so sometimes childlike faith is defined or described as faith that doesn't doubt, right? Oh, no, I don't have any doubts. I have childlike faith. I just believe. Uh, or maybe a faith that doesn't ask questions or doesn't listen to questions, or maybe even faith that doesn't seek explanations, right? I don't need an explanation for why I believe what I believe, right? I just believe it. Let me tell you, though, that this is not childlike faith. This is not faith like a child. In this podcast episode, we're going to define what childlike faith is and is not, and then we'll be looking at Matthew 18.3 to see what, well, what Jesus has to say about this. Although, as we're going to see, Jesus is not talking about childlike faith in Matthew 18.3 anyway. So, to begin with, though, let's look at four reasons why the lack of desire to ask questions or the lack of desire to seek explanations for your faith, four reasons why that is not childlike faith. So number one, uh, those with childlike faith uh, sometimes look down on those who do ask questions. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, um, but uh, sometimes people who feel like they don't need explanations or they don't like to ask questions about their faith, they tend to feel like they're the ones with the real faith, right? I don't need explanations for what I believe, like you do, because you don't have faith. I'm the real one with faith. By the way, it can go the other way as, other way as well. Uh, sometimes people think that unless you have the explanations, unless you ask questions and are willing to entertain doubts, then you don't have the real faith. So we need to be careful that we don't go either way. Uh, but whatever type of faith you have, however much explanation you need for your faith, just make sure that you're not arrogantly judging or looking down on people who like to have explanations or who don't, okay? It's completely fine either way if a person wants to ask questions or does not want to ask questions about what they believe and why they believe it, okay? So let me just tell you, if you're a person who doesn't need questions, don't look down on those who do. And if you're a person who do needs uh, explanations and does like to ask questions, don't look down on those who don't need it, all right? So either way, don't wear your faith as a badge of honor, thinking that you're better than those who, who don't have the faith. So I, I would prefer if, if, if those who have this childlike faith that looks down on others, it's not really childlike faith at all in this case, it's more of an arrogant faith, right? That looks down on those who need reason and logic and explanations for what they believe. Sometimes you'll hear people say, I just believe the Bible, and I've talked about this a lot uh, on my blog and in other podcast episodes, and I also will address it in a future book. I'm almost done writing right now about how to study the Bible, but you probably run into people all the time, even on Facebook, Twitter, social media, other places, where they say, I just believe the Bible. Or sometimes they say, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. You've probably seen that bumper sticker. In fact, I used to say that myself, but in recent years, I've discovered that nobody just believes the Bible. What they actually believe is a particular interpretation or a particular understanding of the Bible. And they don't really seem to realize that there's other ways of understanding, other ways of interpreting those Bible verses. And so when someone comes along and disagrees with them, they say, oh, I don't want to hear that. I just believe the Bible. You clearly don't because you disagree with me. I would encourage you, challenge you, if you've ever said that, thought that, taught that, 
Uh, Stop saying it. (laughs) Instead, have an honest discussion with the other person about what they believe and why they believe it. Either way, that is not childlike faith. All right? Sometimes childlike faith is taught of, is is thought of as a blind faith, right? A leap into the void. They just jump off the cliff and trust that God's going to catch them or hold them. It's a you know uh, like like uh, the guy in oh I'm forgetting the movie now. Uh, I was going to say Monty Python, but it's not Monty Python. It's Indiana Jones and in, in the Search for the Holy Grail, where he's trying to get the Holy Grail and he goes across the chasm. He just jumps off into the void, hoping that something will catch him. And obviously, there's that bridge there, that hidden bridge that does catch him the way it's it's colored. He couldn't see it from where he was standing. Say people look at that and say, "Oh, well, that's blind faith. That's childlike faith." But that really isn't either. Okay. Uh, And so if you have that blind faith, fine, dandy, wonderful, good. I'm not condemning it. I think it's fine if you're able to do that. But don't look down on somebody who is not able to believe in the same way. And again, the other way is fine as well. I like explanations, uh, but I am not going to look down on somebody who doesn't need all the explanations that I require in order to believe something. Okay. Bottom line is this. Uh, It's not really an explanation of what childlike faith is not, but it's just sort of a warning, okay? If a person wants to ask questions or doesn't want to ask questions, either way is fine, and either way is not childlike faith, okay? Uh, Whatever your preference is on how much explanation and logic and reason is required for you to believe something— Don't describe your form of belief as childlike faith, because what that does is it makes it seem like your faith is the better kind of faith, and everybody else is worse, and it's not, okay? So that's just the first thing. It's sort of more of a warning than anything else. But let's talk about childlike faith, really, to begin with. Again, this idea that childlike faith is a faith that doesn't ask questions makes me wonder. Have people who taught this or believe this Have they ever been around a child? (laughs) Children ask lots of questions, right? Children ask many, many questions. Why? 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 How does that work? Why can't I? How does this work? Right? In fact, it's it's something children often say. They want their two-year-old to stop asking questions. Uh, And so it, it, it could easily be argued, right, that true childlike faith is actually a faith that asks lots and lots of questions. So again, if you have faith that you don't need to ask a lot of questions, fine, but just realize that's not childlike faith. You don't need to ask questions, and that's fine and good, okay? The lack of, des- the lack of desire to ask questions, or even the desire to ask questions, either way, it's not childlike faith. That's the second reason. It's fine if you ask, want to ask questions. It's fine if you don't. All right, number three, though. Um, even children who maybe ask questions, maybe don't, but even children always have reasons for what they believe. All right, this is the third reason that faith like a child, they might ask questions, they might not. But even in cases where children don't ask questions, believe it or not, <laughs> They always have explanations. They always have reasons for what they believe. You know, maybe they're not able to express it or explain it very well, but whether you recognize it or not, children never believe anything 
without reason. All right? Now, why do children believe what they believe? They believe it because someone they trust told them what to believe. In children, that is the primary reason for what they believe. You know, maybe it was one of their parents if told them something, so they just believe it because their parents told them. Maybe it was one of their teachers at school. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was something they heard on or saw on TV. Okay? But in every single case, children never believe things for no reason whatsoever. They always have reasons for what they believe. And in my book, What is Faith?, I do talk about this, about how our faith, our Christian faith, is a reasonable faith, and there are answers to every question you can raise about Christianity. And sometimes you may not know all the explanations or reasons for everything that you believe, but you can still believe things because someone you trust told you what to believe. And sometimes that person is Jesus. Sometimes that person is God. Sometimes, you know, from a verse in Scripture or something. Sometimes it might be something you heard in a sermon or in a podcast like this or something. And that's fine, because that's the same way it is with children. When we first start out in real life, just like in the Christian life, we don't always have all the explanations and reasons and logic to defend or explain or or help us understand why we believe what we believe. Hopefully, as we mature and grow, we gain more explanations and through reason and logic for why we believe what we believe. But sometimes at the very beginning, you just believe things because someone you trust told you to believe it or told you this is the right thing to believe. Okay? The bottom line is, though, is that nobody has a complete explanation or, or understanding for what they believe and why they believe it. But we do grow into this and we do develop it. All right? So that's the third reason. Even children have reasons or ex, uh, reasons and explanations for what they believe. And so if you need reasons and explanations for what you believe, that's fine, because that also is childlike faith. Fourth and finally then, okay, um, guess what? The term childlike faith, I've been referring to it a lot in this podcast, but the term childlike faith is not found in the Bible. All right, so this is another reason why it's not helpful to refer to a particular type of faith or a particular way that people believe as childlike faith, because there's no such thing in the Bible, or even faith like a child. Neither phrase, neither term is mentioned anywhere in the Bible. In Scripture, faith is faith. All right, there there is great faith and little faith. Other than that, there's really no modifiers for faith in the Bible. Also, there's the faith of demons in James chapter 2. All of these, by the way, these concepts I address in the book, What is Faith? But as far as temporary faith, spurious faith, false faith, head faith, heart faith, childlike faith, okay, all of those phrases, which we hear in sermons and read in books all the time to make us wonder, have I really believed? None of those are biblical. Stop using them. Root them out of your vocabulary. Now, when most people think of childlike faith or faith like a child, they have in mind uh, passages like Matthew 18.3, which we'll look at in a minute, or the parallel texts of uh, Mark 10.14, Luke 18.17. And what Jesus says in these passages is that the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children. 
All right, so he says, you know, become like a little child so that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so people say, oh, well, uh, if I want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, I need to become like a little child, and therefore it sort of gets interpreted. I need to have faith like a child. I need to have childlike faith. All right? But in these passages, you can go look them up yourself, Jesus isn't talking about faith. In fact, he doesn't mention faith at all. Jesus is talking about entering into the kingdom of heaven or seeing the kingdom of heaven, and he does encourage his listeners to be humble, like little child, to receive him like a child, if they want to see the kingdom of heaven, all right? But faith itself isn't mentioned. Jesus is not talking about faith. Now, I would agree, and this is what Jesus is saying. There is something essential about the childlike perspective for the person who wants to see or experience the kingdom of heaven. So what is Jesus talking about? What is this childlike perspective or outlook that Jesus has in mind when he teaches these sorts of things in in, in passages like Matthew 18.3? Well, let's just talk about that. Matthew 18.3. Okay, first of all, it's critical to recognize that the kingdom of heaven is not the same thing as eternal life. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is not the same thing as going to heaven. This is so important for you to understand. Lots of people think that entering the kingdom of heaven is the same thing as entering heaven or going to heaven when you die, and it isn't. By the way, seeing the kingdom of heaven also is not going to heaven. All right, or seeing heaven, or you know, when you die. It's, it's seeing the kingdom of heaven is not the same thing as receiving eternal life. The two concepts of entering the kingdom of heaven or seeing the kingdom of heaven, uh, that is not the same thing as eternal life or going to heaven when you die. Um, so what is the kingdom of heaven, in case you're curious? The kingdom of heaven is the rule and reign of God on earth in our life, all right? And we can see that, we can experience that here and now in our life, in our day-to-day living, through our interactions with others, and in how we experience victory over sin and devil and temptation and death. And Okay, all of these great, wonderful things that Jesus brought to us and showed us through his life and ministry. Jesus, in a sense, showed us what kingdom living looks like through how he lived his life. And he said, now, if you follow me, you can live this way as well. You can experience, see, enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, while you're waiting to go to heaven, okay? Um, and, And this is so important because eternal life or entrance into heaven when we die, not quite the same thing either. Eternal life also we can begin to experience now. But eternal life is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. We know that from numerous passages in the Bible. However, many, 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 many times when the kingdom of heaven is talked about by Jesus, okay, good works are a requirement. Good works are talked about. And so if you think that experiencing the kingdom of heaven or seeing the kingdom of heaven is the same thing as eternal life, then you are going to think that eternal life is gained by good works, and it's not. Eternal life is the free gift of God to anyone and everyone 
who simply and only believes in Jesus for it. All right? Once you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life, justification. You are guaranteed to uh, enter into heaven in your glorified body after you die. All right? Um, But you can begin experiencing the kingdom of heaven now the rule and reign of God in your life now. So it's very important to keep those two concepts separate, and that idea is going to help you understand a lot of different verses. Anyway, with all of that in mind, this is what Jesus is talking about here in this passage. Not about going to heaven when you die or anything like that, but about experiencing the kingdom of heaven here and now. And he says that it's important, if you want to do this, to become like a little child. All right? What does Jesus mean? Why is it important to become like a little child to experience the rule and reign of God in our lives? Well, here's why. Becoming like a little child means that we maintain the wonderful and beautiful characteristics and qualities of children that life in this sinful world beats out of us. Like what? Well, you can start comparing how children behave and how adults behave. Children, in general, have tenderness of conscience, right? (laughs) They haven't allowed sin and shame and guilt and all sorts of mistakes in life to sear their conscience, like what often happens with adults. Things don't bother us. Sin doesn't bother us sometimes as much as it did when we were young, when we were children. Children have tenderness of conscience. They are open about their emotions and feelings. The more we grow, the more we age, the more closed off we often get about what we're feeling, about what we're thinking. All right, children, they don't have that. They're very open about it. How about creativity and imagination? Children are so creative, so imaginative. If you've ever seen a a, a little girl play with a stick or a couple of pine needles or a boy Right, splash around in a puddle thinking he's crossing the ocean. Their imagination and their creativity is so amazing. Again, as we grow, some of that tends to die and get beat out of us by life. Children are full of wonder and awe. They see the sunrise and the sunset and they just think it's the most amazing thing. Not so with adults. Oh, another sunrise? I don't care about that. Children are full of joy. So not, not always true with us adults. Children are full of eternal hope. Right? They're so hopeful about everything all the time. They're playful. They're humorous. They easily forgive. They easily trust. They have undying love, boundless energy, exuberance. They always think the best about other people and about life. All right? They are willing to grow and learn and admit and accept where they're ignorant, where they don't know things. Okay, we could go on and on, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. Because all of these qualities are the way God intended us to be, wants us to be, and because we live in a sinful world, all of those qualities get beat out of us. All right? We get bored with flowers, bugs, and sunsets. We lose delight in talking with other people about nothing. Because we got things to do, places to go. We got our to-do list, right? We become jaded and disinterested. We hold grudges. We harbor fears. We stay angry. We refuse to forgive. We see the worst in other people rather than the best. We remember slights and sometimes see slights where there weren't any. We lose hope. 
because so many of our hopes have been dashed and destroyed, right? We do things, well, because they've always been done that way. And so we have trouble seeing things in a new perspective or trying things in a new way, right? These are the differences between adults and children. Children behave in the ways I described. Adults behave in the opposite ways. Now, you look at Jesus. Which way did he behave? Well, you look at the Gospels. One of the things that attracted people to Jesus is that he was childlike. All of the things I described about the way children are, those describe Jesus as well, don't they? All right, now, does this mean Jesus lacked understanding and wisdom? (laughs) Far from it. Jesus was the most wise, understanding, knowledgeable person ever to walk this earth. He was childlike, though, because he was full of the wonder of life, hope for humanity, and the beauty of creation. Jesus lived in awe of life, awe of God, and awe of humanity. And this awe was contagious, so that it... When as people gathered around him, this awe spread to them as well. And people began to, began to see how Jesus lived his life, and it gave them a new perspective, a new idea on how their life can be lived as well. Jesus revealed how God intends life to be lived, even as adults. All right? And so what Jesus is saying in passages like Matthew 18.3 is if you want to experience the life of God, the Jesus life, in your life, then you need to go back to living and thinking and seeing like a child. People who do this will begin to see the rule and reign of God unfold in their life. Okay, with all of its beauty, majesty, glory, and creativity. And this is how Jesus himself lived. And this is what Jesus invites other people to experience in their own life as well. Jesus taught that if you want to experience God's life in this life, if you want to experience the rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God in your life here and now, then you need to become like a little child once again. So look, do you want to enter the kingdom of God like a child? If so, then ask questions. Lots of questions, because that's what children do. But look, also, have fun. Laugh. Play. Imagine. Sing. Dance. Hope. Dream. Forgive. Create. Trust. Live life to the full, making sure that every second counts. Be excited about the future and about what your day holds. Be adventuresome. Try something new. Be tender of heart, always forgiving, always loving, always hoping. When you live this way, you will become like a little child and you will see the kingdom of heaven rise in your life the way you always hoped and dreamed it would. That's what it means to be like a child. And you know what? I will admit it. There are beliefs involved. All right? There, Jesus doesn't talk about faith, but there are beliefs involved in all of this. Believing that God has your best interest in heart, and that no matter what his promises to you uh, will turn out to be true, that, that he can bring good even from bad situations. And sometimes life 
calls us to, invites us, challenges us to doubt some of these beliefs. All right. But uh, when we when we trust Jesus, would we follow Jesus? He will protect us and provide for us and take care of us as we move forward into the kingdom of God with him. That's childlike. All right. So look, I would invite you and encourage you to stop talking about childlike faith. It's not talked about in the Bible. And uh, but faith uh, is important and living like a child also is important. And I hope that this podcast episode has helped you understand what living like a child looks like and what Jesus meant when he talked about it in the Gospels. If you have more questions about faith, what it means, and especially how to know that you really believe, you've wondered if you believe, believed enough, have the right kind of faith, believe the right things, okay, my book, What is Faith?, is going to help you in that. And uh, it answers lots of other questions about faith as well. Have you ever heard that wheelbarrow illustration about getting in the wheelbarrow to go across the tightrope over Niagara Falls? Okay, I talk about that in the book. Totally debunk it. It's a terrible illustration. I also answer many, or look at many, many passages about faith that are talked about faith in Scripture. And you can get questions answered that way as well. Anyway, get a copy if you want on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, wherever. Books are sold. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.